You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. Can anyone remember what the topic, not if you were in Brighton or Burgess Hill, what was the topic last week? What was it all about? Jesus, that's right. Um, that was the answer for every question. It was Jesus. Okay, so if, if yeah, it, that was the point of the message. Um, We've been working through Colossians and kind of building an understanding of what was written to a church that, again, at this time had no context of a New Testament like we do today. Um, and Paul had written this letter to the church to address some issues that were going on in the church. And he's, he builds a premise of, of who Jesus is and really how, from who Jesus is, also then how it works its way out in our lives, in our our connection to him and what he's accomplished for us. And so we've looked so far at that Jesus is the word of God in all its fullness, right? This is what we looked at last week. He is the glorious riches of the mystery that was hidden in ages past before Christ came to the earth. He was the image, or sorry, he was, it was in a shadow before, before Christ came to the earth. They, they didn't see the glorious mystery of, of the gospel. They only saw a, a glimpse of it through through what was written through prophetic words but when Jesus came the great mystery that was hidden was revealed right Jesus Christ in us the hope of glory this was the great mystery that in Christ all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are are, are there and so again that the answer to every question we can find in Jesus right in him are hidden all the treasures in our life groups uh, in the church this past week, we covered the, the passage that followed on from this. And there was kind of a couple key points here. One is that Jesus has set us free, right? He's forgiven all of our sins. He disarmed the powers of the enemy through his death on the cross. Everything that stood opposed to us, Christ released us from. So that was the next passage. So we, we looked at the, uh, on Sunday this past week, we looked at the fact that Jesus is the answer, but then the Paul continues to write the fact that Jesus paid for everything that was against us. He canceled the written code that was written against us. He set us free from every power and principality that had authority over our lives. He disarmed them by nailing it to the, uh, when he was nailed to the cross, he disarmed the powers of the enemy. And so this is, this is kind of the context in which when we come to Christ, we are set free, we're forgiven, everything is canceled that was against us. Yes? Now, Paul says, that's the position that you stand. See to it that no one takes you captive with wrong thinking, right? So you've been set free, but it's so easy to get entangled with thought processes that although Christ has set me free now, but I still need to do these, this, 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 this for God to be pleased with me. And a lot of those things that Paul was writing about in this passage is were human traditions. You know, if you, if you do this, if you obey certain ceremonies, if you, if you um, eat this food or don't eat this food, if you touch this or don't touch this, then God will be pleased with you when actually, actually we've been set free from the law because Christ fulfilled the law. And if we're in Christ, actually the law is fulfilled. And it isn't about do's and don'ts from the outside in, but it's actually just living in Christ and living by his spirit. That's where we find the freedom. And so that's what we looked at in our life groups, that we're called to live out this place of freedom and not allow wrong thinking to in, uh, enslave us again. And the enemy is very clever to try to bring us into a thought process. Even though we're set free, we can still live as a prisoner. 
even though we're free. Right? And the enemy will do everything in his power to bring us into that place. If we're free in Christ, does that allow us to do anything that we like, though? If we're free in Christ, does that mean we can do anything that we want? Well, it's a good question. And we're going to read the passage of Scripture that maybe helps answer this. Because in essence, Paul up to this point was saying that Christ is everything. You've been set free. Don't be held captive with wrong thinking. But then he does start to give some boundaries or some some thought processes around it. And so if we're going to read Colossians 3, verses 1 to 11. Colossians 3, 1 to 11. It's going to be up on the screen. There it is. Okay. Since then... You have been raised with Christ. So again, all that I just said is since then, right? Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who um, is your, sorry, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, idultery, uh, sorry, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idultery. Because of these, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you used to live, you once lived. Sorry, I'm struggling to read today. Um, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. uh, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek, no Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, uh, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Paul starts this by saying, since then, you've been raised with Christ. Since then means you are on the side of victory, right? Since then, if you've been raised with Christ, it means you're no longer kind of under the the domain of this realm. uh, But actually, you've been raised with Christ Jesus. You've been set free. Since then, this is the position that you're standing. You're free from everything that opposed you. You are raised up with Christ there are areas, though, that Paul says you need to you need to live from this position. Okay, you need to live from this position in which Christ has raised you up with Him. So, if uh, a few months ago we we did a series on uh, our identity in Christ, so in essence, this is another way to look at it. If your identity has changed, if your position has changed, then you need to now live from the position that you are now in. Since you've been raised with Christ. Since you're in this position now with Christ, our life has to start to reflect him in everything that we do. We can't continue to live as we were and follow Christ at the same time. It doesn't actually work that way, does it? So last week I had mentioned this aspect of we can get married, have a ceremony, but if you continue to live like a single person after you were married, you've kind of missed the point of the marriage, right? Because your identity has changed. You're now married. You belong to another. And so Paul, in essence, is saying that since then you've been raised with Christ, you need to start living it out. And there are three areas in particular he calls us to now uh, to live into, to kind of 
kind of work through in our lives. And the first one is our focus. In verse 2 and 3, it says this. It says, set your minds on things above. Uh, sorry, verse 1 and 2. It says, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And then verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died uh, and your life is now hidden in Christ in God. Set your hearts and set your minds on things above. By default, for you and I, our minds are set on earthly things, right? We grew up in a world that you live for the now, you live for the circumstances, you live for what everyone else is living for, and by default, our mechanism of how we think, we set our minds on the here and now. Yes, would you agree? When you wake up in the morning, it's what you're going to eat, it's what you're going to wear, it's it's what you're going to do, it's the plans you have for your life, it's all those things that are are here, It's and we're... Whether we watch television, whether we um, are with friends, we, we talk about the temporal. We live in the temporal. And it's a challenge for us to lift our eyes up and to focus on upon what is eternal. Right? And this is what Paul is saying, is that actually, if you're now seated with Christ, you need to change your focus. Because you can't continue to live as you were, focused on the here and now, when actually God has called you to something greater. He, he, he calls us to live out something of a higher purpose, to live for his kingdom. But in order for that to happen, it's very difficult to do that which you don't think about. Yes, because our thought process and what's in our heart leads us to the actions that we take. If we're thinking and meditating and planning only for the now, and our mind is never set upon the thing that uh, is of a heavenly nature of what God is doing, then actually our actions live out from the place of where our heart is or where our mind is. And so Paul starts really saying, you need to set your, set your minds up towards the things that are of, of God's purposes. Otherwise, you'll, you'll never live this out. So again, you might be set free, but if you don't live out your freedom, you've missed it. It, 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 it changes. There's a mindset that needs to change. It's our choice, though, to ask the question, why am I here? You know, I think for each one of us, again, it's so easy in life to get caught up in the day-to-day stuff, right? How many of you would agree? You just, you, you just get caught up in the day-to-day stuff, and I think we have to keep coming back to the question, God, why am I here? What is the plan you have for my life? If I'm seated with you, if you've called me to a higher purpose, what is your purpose for my life? That's the change of focus that we have to have of saying, God, why am I here? What do you want to do through me? And making the decision, I want to live for your kingdom. I want to live for your purposes. You know, the world needs you living on purpose. Right? In your environment, in your circle of relationships, in the the place that you live, they all need you living seated with Christ, you living out the purposes that God has for you. But we have to set our minds above in order for that to happen. If we set our minds only on the temporal, only on what is for the here and now, we miss the bigger picture of what God is wanting to do. In essence, that's Paul saying. You need to live out from the perspective of what God is doing in order for it to happen in the here and now. And it starts from the inside out. And I think this is what, you know, what Paul was talking about, lifting our eyes up to this higher plan. The... What was happening in the church at the time, there was outside people coming in, telling people what they needed to do. And it was coming from the outside in. There was kind of these, this bondage. 
But actually, when we set our minds upon God and, and put our focus upon his purposes, it brings us into a place of freedom of, of finding the, the fulfillment of why we're here, of what he wants to do in and through our lives, which isn't temporal, but actually every time we say yes to him and yes to his voice and yes to his plans, you know what? It has, a, it has an eternal effect that just keeps going. Now, I have a choice as to whether I live for the now or I live for something that will affect, that will affect eternity. Um, but the choice is mine. So it's living for that which will last for eternity, is, is lifting our eyes up, setting our minds above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And so our focus changes, but also he, he's challenging the church and he challenges us that there needs to be a change in our behavior or our actions. And this is in verses 5 to 10. It says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. For you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourself of such things, such as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with this practice. You have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. What's happening here? We can't keep living like we once did before and follow Christ at the same time. That's what he's saying. If we identify with Christ and say, I'm putting my faith in you, then our old life needs to die and we need to live out a new life. This is what, when Paul talks about being, or when Jesus talks about being born again, we're given a new identity in Christ. But being born again means the old me is no longer living. Is Christ now living in me? And that's how I need to reflect him. If Christ is living in me and I'm living by the Spirit, then actually I will start to look and live like Jesus did. Would you agree? Because his spirit is in me, I've been born again. I've been born to look like him. And so what Paul says is actually, guys, you can't keep doing what you did before you knew Jesus because now you're seated with him. He's now changed you. He's set you free. You're forgiven. You've got to live this out. It's like living as a prisoner. And I've mentioned this before. It's like living as a prisoner, even though you're set free. So again, you could be incarcerated the penalty has been paid. You're, you're, you're now set free. You can do as you like. And yet you keep living in the jail cell. There's a wide open door. There's all sorts of other things you could partake in to in, enjoy. But you're living in a place of bondage still. Because ultimately these things bring us to a place of bondage. When Christ wants to live out our freedom. Does that make sense? He wants us to live out the, the, the freedom he gives us. But it requires us to put to death the old nature and continue to live out what God has called us to live, which is a life lived by the Spirit. Jesus calls us to, to be like him, to look like him, to act like him. Right? We see this in verse 10. It says, and to put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. You know, God wants you to look just like him. In our attitudes and actions. When we are out in the shops, we look like Jesus. When, when we're with friends and family, we, we, we act like Jesus. Not in a, a, 
not in a sense that we are self-righteous, but in, a, in the, the aspect that we are demonstrating the character of God in all of our lives. We're not living for self. We're not gratifying our old nature, but actually we're living to please the Lord in everything that we do. And in that, people see Jesus in us. We, we're living from a position of actually glorifying him with what we're doing. And it's not about following rules that leads to bondage. Okay. And I think this is under, important to understand. What Paul is saying is, in essence, you could read and say, well, that's contradictory. Because on one side, you say you're free. And another says, kind of these rules of not to do these things. But actually, what he's saying is that when we live and we're seated with Christ, this stuff should be coming off of our lives. And I don't know about you, but when, when I gave my life to Jesus and really chose to live for him, certain things became wrong that were once okay. How many of you have had that experience? Before it was okay, you could have done it. But suddenly, the Spirit of God brings a conviction that these things cannot continue in your life. You've got to stop doing those things. Why? Because God calls us to be holy as He's holy. He calls us to live this out. And it's from the inside out we have this conviction. Now, I think what can't happen is us, you know, follow a bunch of rules in the church that we are imposed by kind of tradition. It's something totally different when the Holy Spirit does that work in our hearts. And in essence, Paul is saying you need to, to live out what the Spirit is doing in you. And so if the Spirit is challenging you to change in certain areas, you've got to change. Otherwise, what happens is that we, if we continue to live out the old nature and not the new that God is wanting to do in our lives, we, we stop growing and we stop being the people that God wants us to be. But if we can say, God, I'm going to live by the Spirit. And, and in Galatians, Paul puts it this way. He's like, if you live by the Spirit then you won't gratify the desires of your old nature. So basically, if today I choose to live by the Spirit of God in me, and when God says, don't do this or do this, or leading me kind of to respond in certain ways to the environments I'm in, then if I just choose to listen to God, then actually by default, I will not gratify my old nature. Because the two cannot be gratified at the same time. They are, they are like polar opposites. The spirit always brings us to a place of freedom. The old nature always brings us to a place of bondage. That's how it works. And so if I want to walk in freedom, then I need to keep listening to the spirit. Because where the spirit is, there's freedom. But where the, where the old nature is, there is bondage. There is slavery. I was thinking of it this way. And I, um, I mentioned this in our life group. It's a good one. Um, that's not what I was going to mention. The, um, when, when a fish is put into water, there's all the freedom of the world in the water, right? If the fish tries to walk on land, it dies. It doesn't work. And so living a life by the Spirit, there is a lot of freedom to experience and to explore the things of the Spirit. There's freedom. We were created for the water. But it's our old nature that says, no, but I want to get on the land. I, I want to live on the land, even though the land brings death. Does that make sense? So God calls us to live by the Spirit, which is like living a fish living in the water, where we find all the freedom in the world, so long as we work within the boundaries that God says. You work within these boundaries, do you know what? You find life and life to the full in this boundary. Within this boundary, there's a lot of freedom. 
If you want to step outside of it, there's only bondage. So it's not about do's and don'ts, but it's more living a life by the Spirit versus a life uh, by our old nature. Okay, so it's a change of focus. It's a change of behavior. And the last one is a change in our identity. And we see this in verse 11. 11. It says, here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. When we come to Christ, and I've mentioned this already, we are born again. At the point we come to Christ, anything that would have otherwise defined us as a person, limited us, held us back, is no longer valid because we're born again. We have a new identity. Everything has now changed about who God says you are. And our new identity in him releases us from past constraints. Everything that once held us back is no longer valid. There's no longer slave or free. There's no hierarchy in God's kingdom. Do you know in Christ, you and I all have the same identity? Think about it. We're all given the same identity card, which is Jesus. He is in all. What is the last word? He is all and is in all. So he says there's no longer these different categories of Greek or Jew or circumcised or uncircumcised, slave or free. Actually, in Christ, when we come to Christ, we all are given the exact same identity card. We all have the same passport. Different photos, but the same details. We are all in Christ. And in that, we are now free from everything else. We've got this passport to heaven that is is freed from all of the, the past constraints. And now we are free to live the identity that God calls us to live. But it's a it's it's a change that we have to start living out. And again, this is what Paul is telling the church. You've got to change your identity. The thought process, it's not about being slave. Well, I'm just a slave or I'm a Jew or I'm a Greek, so I can't be what you are. You know, in Christ, there is none of that anymore. It's not female or male or, you know, whether you're from Canada or from England or from uh, Malaysia or from uh, India or from wherever else you might be in this world, uh, in this room, Mexico. It doesn't matter if you're from Mexico or Canada or or Ireland, or Scotland, it does not matter because Christ is all and is in all. And that's actually, we're all unified in Christ and we have the exact same identity. And so all of us have the same position. Greg is no more free than I'm free. And I'm no more free than you're free. But actually, we all have the exact same position to live out this life, which is great news. You don't need to have a certain background to know the fullness of Christ. You just need to be in Christ. Right? You just need to be in Christ. So God calls us to live out what he has done for us. Now I've discovered in life, nothing just happens. Well, okay, some stuff just happens. If I just let it, to ha- let it happen. But if I want to live a life following Jesus, there's things I have to do in this process. When Jesus says, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross and follow me, I still have to move my legs, spiritually speaking. Right? I still have to pick up my cross. I still have to follow Jesus. I have a part to play. It doesn't just happen. And so Paul is saying it in just different words here. If you're going to follow Jesus, if you're in Christ, if you're seated with him, since then, you need to start living it out. You need to have your focus set upon Jesus. You need to 
your, your behavior needs to start to look like you're following Jesus. You need to you need to have an identity change where actually I'm no longer this old person. I'm now a follower of Jesus. This is my identity. This is who I am. And so I live it out. But that's not a one step process. It's not just the first time you say yes to Jesus at the altar or whatever you have given your life to him. It's every day. Right. When we say yes to Jesus, it isn't just a one off thing. I said yes to Jesus really in my life, probably when I was around 16 years old. But, you know, daily I keep coming back to that place of today. I'm choosing to set my eyes upon him. God, would you move in my life today? Lord, I choose to follow you today. I will not give way to my old nature. Today I'm choosing to give way to what the Spirit wants to do in my life. Every day I have to choose this. That's why I think Jesus says, pick up your, da- your cross. What? Daily. Daily. Every day. And so you and I, it's a choice that every day we make. And I guarantee it that when this happens, we will live the fullness of life that he promises. The whole thing in this letter is that the church was being dragged into a thought process that they were living less than what God had intended. When all the while, God says, you know what, I've got more for you. Don't be, don't be living out something else. Don't live by a sense of just religion or duty. Live out the relationship that I've called you to have. I don't want to say too much more because we, I want to, we're going to transition to, um, I'm going to have Julian share. He's going to share on the next verse. No. <laughs> um, but I want to pray for us because I think for all of us, this is an area that we have to keep coming back to. I've discovered in the, um, let's see, how long have I been a Christian? Um, t- maybe 20, well, I gave my life to the Lord as a little guy, but really kind of from my memory, um, it's probably been 25 years of really consciously choosing. And you know, there are moments that it is a struggle and it's, it's a challenge because by default, my old nature still wants to come back to life. And today, I, I think... Wherever you're maybe at in your own circumstance or your own thought process or your relationship with the Lord, you know what God is calling you today to lift your eyes up, to live out the identity he's given you. To not continue in a lifestyle that would cause you to come back to a place of bondage, but to live out the freedom that he has for you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news, or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.